Horror Riders Podcast, episode number 37. Welcome back to the Horror Riders Podcast, a show with two horror authors talking all things in the world of horror. I'm your host, Zach Bohan, and with me, as always, is author Jay Thorne. How you doing, Jay? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Um, you know, just just hanging out, you know, did some writing and stuff this morning before we, before we started started airing, and yeah, so Excellent. doing doing really well. So um, actually really, really excited about this today's topic, because this is... Uh, something that I've been on a big kick for lately um, or kick of like doing a lot of, a lot of reading and, and watching of stuff. So today we're talking about, uh, we're just having a general discussion about vampires yes. um, kind of, you know uh, what started the genre and, you know, kind of the right, like how it became popular and, and how they changed because vampires have definitely, definitely changed and almost become some of them. Some of them yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's almost become, you know, campy in a way and, and kind of a, a cliche almost to say vampire and people have a certain thing in their mind, but we'll get into all that. Um, so, uh, so Jay, so I know that, uh, you know, you, you are a big vampire fan, you know, you got yes. the long hair, you kind of look like a vampire. I do. I've been told um, that. Yeah. You know, so, um, so, and, and you've of course written a couple of, van- you have a short story called the hunt, um, and then you've also uh, written a novella called The Vampire Apocalypse, which is in J.R. Rain's uh, Samantha Moon world. Um, so, yes. Yeah. So you've got so you've got a pretty good sense on vampires and stuff. So um, what is your kind of earliest, you know, memory of vampires and what got you into it? Yeah. Well, I, I made sure to pull this off my shelf. Nice. <laughs> this, um, this is I can't get the angle here quite right. This is the uh, an annotated version of Dracula. Uh, I would not recommend this if you are coming to Dracula for the first time because it, you can go down a rabbit hole and it's extremely distracting. But if you if you know the story, this is excellent because it is filled with tidbits of history and lore and and stuff about Stoker and it's it's really cool. So I have that because that was my introduction to vampires. Um, I remember uh, watching and, and reading Salem's Lot as a kid. And uh, and I guess technically that was my first introduction to, to vampire in film and literature. And I immediately then went back to Dracula uh, and, and read Dracula. I've read Dracula is one of the few books that I've read at, at least six times. Wow. And, and I, I don't do that a lot. I don't reread books typically. It's weird. Like I, I listen to the same music all the time. I'll, re, I'll watch films over and over again. But for me, books, it's really hard for me to read a book more than once. And I've read that at least a half a dozen times. And it's um, so and I think part of it, too, is that there is a I, I'm, a, I'm a historian. So I, I studied history when I was in college. And, and I have this I have this real fascination with the vampire as a historical figure as a, as a creature that really comes up across culture, across time. Like um, every, every sort of civilization, every group of people have a story that involves a vampire. They don't call them all vampires, but sort of this, this creature that steals the life essence out of people, which is extremely frightening. It's not sparkly and it's not fun and it's not sexy. It's frightening. 
Um, so, so for me, you know, and then like with, with Dracula, there's also the, the big historical context, which I explored with my band when I was in Threefold Law, which was um, Vlad the Impaler. So if you, if you get sort of the historical record and you look at, um, you know, who, who this Count Dracula was, uh, it was, this, it was a, a guy who was known for uh, capturing his enemies and, and sticking them on poles to die and having a feast uh, around them while they were dying like really really disturbing stuff so i guess i'm coming to I, i'm an i'm an old school vampire fan uh i've never I'll, I'll admit i don't like twilight i'm not gonna i'm not gonna diss on it because i don't ever diss on other people's art I, it just doesn't speak to me i have no interest in it i have no interest in sexy vampires sex with vampires kissing vampires um i don't have any interest in any of that yeah, it's funny. Uh, <clears throat> you brought up you brought up Dracula, um, and there's countless documentaries and stuff on Dracula. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 one I would really recommend that's really cool if you can if you can find this. Um, uh, History Channel did a show a few years ago. I don't think it's still on the air, but it's called Cities of the Underworld. Oh, I love that show. Um, yes. Dude, did you the one on Dracula was mm-hmm. awesome. Yep. Yeah. Um, so if, if you guys can, if you can find that, um, ba- essentially what the show was is this, this guy goes to these different cities and he basically, they go underground and they find, uh, like all these old places that are basically still there underground. Like they went, um, you know, down under Berlin and found, you know, these old bunkers and stuff in World War II and, and, like and catacombs in Paris. Yeah. yeah, yeah they show. went under and they went under in Edinburgh, Scotland and, you know, found, uh, you know, went back to William Wallace and all that stuff. And, but there's a, there's an episode on Dracula, um, that, that is awesome. Uh, so it sees it on the world. It was on history channel. You can find that. Um, it was great. I'm a history buff too. So, um, I almost studied it in college, but, uh, then I decided to go on tour instead. And (laughs) um, but, uh, but yeah, and, and and I'm with you, man. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and uh and 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 slam Twilight or anything. I'm I'm with you on that. Like, it speaks to some people, doesn't speak to me. Um, I I sat through the first movie. Um, I say I sat through it, so that kind of gives you my opinion on it. It's just not for me. Um, now my you know being a you know just a couple years older or younger than you. Um, <clears throat> the the way i came to it would uh is actually different and does have more to do with you know the romanticized version of vampires um you know so so my real first experience with it was actually interview with the vampire yeah uh, and uh and you know to this day i mean i still love that movie and it is i mean obviously it is you know uh it, it does have a lot of a, a a more romantic vibe with vampires but it's also i mean it's a great story um and and it and it does have you know some stuff that's more you know back th- th- it does tie into Dracula more than oh, a lot it, of the more gothic. recent yeah it's definitely gothic no doubt yeah, yeah. for sure it, it that's that's a really good way to put it it definitely has that gothic vibe and um, as someone who's you know spent as much time in New Orleans as I have I've been countless times I've I've been down there because I used to live just a couple hours from there um, it speaks to me in that way as well um, just because you know, the whole scene and everything and, and just how creepy and haunted of a city that is overall, we could probably do a whole episode on new Orleans. We should um, sometime. Yeah. We might do that at some point, 
but uh but that was definitely my my first experience and it was the movie um i did read the book later on and i enjoyed it um you know i, I read the book it was just a, probably i don't know six seven years ago um but that was definitely my 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 first experience into it now now going back to dracula um for a minute because i know you're you love dracula obviously you've read it half a dozen times so um the only books i've read more than once are the dark tower so um ah, okay and not even every one of them so um do you feel like that they've been able to translate it to the screen very well yet or that that's really a big question isn't it i mean there have been dozens of dracula <laughs> movies made of course uh you know gary oldman uh is is the most recent uh debatable was that a coppola film i, I forget if if he did that i don't or remember not. Oh, i just um, remember that gary oldman and keanu reeves are in it yeah so yeah you know keanu reeves is another actor who i think gets a, a bad rap i think he's i think he's a lot better than than people make him out to be but that's, that's beside the point um i think it's hard it's it's really hard to the way the book is written if you're not familiar it's not a straight narrative it's it's uh it's a sort of a collection of letters and personal correspondence between some of the main characters and this sounds crazy like i don't want to spoil it but like if you haven't read dracula and you only know about dracula and vampires from what you've heard you really should go back and read the book because it's there's some surprises in there so i don't want to spoil that but the fact that the book is written that way from multiple POVs and, and, and through this very unique style for the time, I think that's hard to translate to film. And I also think it's hard to have sort of an authentic vampire on the screen because we keep coming back to some of these same themes, which is why we do this in the first place, right? This seen versus unseen thing. Like I, I think the creature you create in your head when you're reading is always going to be more frightening than what someone else's vision on the screen. Uh, if there's an A-B comparison. So if you're talking just a movie, then yes, a, a creature on a screen can be very frightening. But if someone, if there's the book and the movie and someone reads the book first, they've already created that monster in their head. And unfortunately, nothing you do is going to compare to that. So I think it's, I think it's a real tall order. I don't know if there will ever be a Dracula movie that, that is as frightening as the book. Yeah, very good point. So, so we kind of we mentioned, you know, I, I think it's important to mention the the cultural significance of vampires in the past, you know, I guess probably ten years or so. Um, you know, it, it's kind of tailed off a little bit. I mean, they're still popular, but uh, you know, it, we went, we just really got to have a time though where there was really big cultural things. So, Twilight we mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, and True Blood was another. True Blood was an extremely popular television show on HBO. And Buffy the Vampire Slayer kind of good point. Yeah, mix too, right. Yeah, that's and, and that was obviously a little bit earlier. That was, you know, in, in a way a little bit ahead of its time, I guess. Um, you know, because because I don't vampires definitely weren't then what they were. You know, in the last ten years or so, in my right. opinion, from what I can see. So, when how do you think that this this turn happened where vampires went away from monsters, um, which they're slowly getting back to that, which I will talk about something in a minute um, that relates to that, but where they kind of became romanticized and, 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 and why that got popular and stuff. Yeah. I don't know, Zach, that's a good question. I, I don't know necessarily why that happened, but I, you know, you and I both have spent a lot of time in, in the music, uh, 
the realm of music as well as fiction. And I, I draw a lot of analogies to that. So, you know, you look at the blues as a unique American art form, and then you look at everything that has come from the blues in the past hundred years, and you can all, always trace it back, but sort of why, why musical trends go in a certain direction is really hard to, hard to figure out. You know, there, there were times where uh, very loud, brash, aggressive music was, was not something people wanted. And then there was a time when it was exactly what people wanted. So I kind of see vampires in that same way. Uh, I think they're like on a guitar, there's only so many chords you can play. There's only so many notes you can play. And, and so the originality comes in what you do with those. So I kind of see that with vampires. I think vampires are such an ancient and, and uh, old device uh, in art and in literature and in culture that I think it's, it's a natural evolution for people to try and take those in and sort of stretch the boundaries in ways that may not appeal to everyone. So I don't necessarily begrudge people taking vampires and turning them sparkly. It's just not something I'm interested in, but I can totally understand why it happens. And I can also understand why there's these then cycles. So, you, you know, if you start out with a vampire as a really fierce creature and then culturally it morphs into more of the sexy thing, I can see the pushback, which is kind of where we are now, of like people wanting to reclaim what they believe vampires to be. And I think maybe that's where we are right now. Yeah. And, and, and I'll, I'll point out too, like, you know, I know we, we've both kind of said, you know, that we, we didn't, the twilight just wasn't for us, but you know, I will admit like, you know, I watched every single episode of true blood. I mean, so, and enjoyed some of it, like, you know, for what it was, I mean, it was fun and campy and it got a little ridiculous during the middle and near the end, but I watched the whole series and, and kind of enjoyed the show for, for what it was. Um, so, you know, I don't want everyone to think that we're just, you know, we don't like that type of stuff, you know, so. Yeah, and, um, and I would go on record as saying uh, at the time of this filming, we're about uh, less than a week away from the third and final season of Hemlock Grove being put yeah. up on Netflix. And I cannot wait. That has been a sleeper for me. I absolutely love that series. And that's Gothic Reimagined. That's yeah. uh, as vampire werewolf Frankenstein in a, in a very different way. And I love that. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, that that show is is awesome. It's kind of disappointed it's only going to be three seasons, but at the same time, maybe it's a good thing. Um, you know, they'll kind of tell their story and get out. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, the way that show's done, I mean, it's you know, it's it's really interesting because it's didn't really know what the hell was going on for the first little bit of it, and then you're like, oh, okay, this is actually kind of cool. Um, but yeah, if 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 people don't know what we're talking about, because this show does really fly under the radar. Um, it's a show called Hemlock Grove and it's a Netflix exclusive. So if you have a Netflix subscription, um, you can see the first two seasons right now. And as Jay said, uh, I, I believe probably by the time this airs, the third season will probably be live by then. It will. I think it's October 23rd. And yeah, it'll definitely be live by then. Yeah. And it, it's also, um, it, it's kind of straddles that. So um, without, without spoiling too much, there, uh, there are vampires in Hemlock Grove. They are both beautiful and ferocious. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of a little bit of both, you know. Now the the one that I've been just hooked on lately is The Strain, um, and I know you haven't, haven't watched The Strain yet. yet. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I actually just finished the books as well. Um, so I've read all three books now, um, and and the books are definitely different from the show. Um, there's, uh, there's characters in the show that aren't in the book at all. 
There's characters in the show that the book basically ignores and there's characters that make it all the way through the book that are dead in the show now. So, wow. <laughs> um, okay. but, uh, but you talked about reimagining vampires. Um, this show has done it fantastically. Um, so, so it's, it's Guillermo del Toro is yes. he, he co-authored the books with uh, Chuck Hogan mm-hmm. and he's a, the executive producer of the show. Um, it's probably got my favorite pilot episode of a television show ever. Wow. Um, it hooked me hard on, on the first and it, and it, and it stayed really good. You know, I've seen some people kind of point out some, some plot holes and stuff, but whatever, you're going to find that in every, every show, but um, they have completely reimagined vampires. I mean, it's um, they, and, and this won't really spoil anything. I don't think so. This is, this just kind of, this isn't going to spoil any of the actual story, but so the vampires in the strain um, for one, they're asexual. Like they, during their transformation, like they lose all their sexual parts. So there's not going to be any love or sex or any of that stuff with them. Um, I'm out already. <laughs> they, uh, there's also different levels of vampires. So there's like the new ones that aren't mature yet. And they're actually more like zombies. Like they kind of just wander around aimlessly. Um, and, and they're all powered by the master vampire. So he can see through every single one of them. Um, and another really interesting thing about it is that they're kind of connected to their loved ones. So anyone who they loved in their previous life is kind of like when they transform, that's the first people they go after. Um, the other real big reimagined part of it. Um, and you do learn this in the first episode. So again, I'm not really spoiling anything, but they don't bite. Um, they have these long tongues that come out and they're like five feet long. Um, they call them stingers and that's how they get, that's how they sting people. Um, and it's, it's, it's so cool the way it's done. Um, so, uh, so that show to me has like, I mean, I've been hooked on it. Um, and th- the second season just ended. Um, and it's, it's kind of cool. Cause I've read the books. I kind of see where they're going now. And I really hope they get some of the third book stuff in the show because it'll be awesome if they do. Yeah. That's, that's um, going to move to the top of my list. Uh, do you know how many seasons they're intending to make or is it sort of just ongoing at this point? It's just an ongoing thing. I mean, it's kind of, it's hard to tell because the, the end of the second season, you can kind of tell they're moving into like, they're really starting to set up some stuff that's in the third book. So I'm hoping it goes at least about five seasons, but honestly, I don't really know how popular the show is. So, I mean, I, I, I kind of see it as one of those shows that, that may take off sooner rather than later because of like, once it hit, it needs to hit Netflix. Yeah. Like the, First season's on Hulu right now, but it needs to go on Netflix because then it'll really, I really think then more people will pick it up. What network Um, is it airing on live? It's on FX. Okay. And FX does a really good job with shows. You know, you and I love Sons of Anarchy and that, that show is on FX. Um, So, uh, but it has completely reimagined the genre and really got me really psyched on it. Um, So if if people haven't uh, seen that show, I definitely recommend seeing it. Um, like I said, the books are kind of something on their own. Like the first book is a lot like the first season, but then it kind of takes off and goes its own way. So the books are really good too. It's just a trilogy. So, Mm. um, 
but uh but yeah it's, it's it's been really refreshing for me to see you know the way that they've that uh del toro has really reimagined um the vampires and basically and turn them into monsters again yeah um, that sounds really cool I yeah so check it out. so hopefully we see more of that and uh you know because like we both kind of said that's the kind of stuff that we like so um so yeah so any more thoughts on vampires in general or you just want to tell people to go read dracula yeah i i i, I mean that's a you gotta everyone's gotta do their homework you gotta go read dracula at yeah. least once even if it's hard to get through it's worth it trust me absolutely so all right well that about does it for this episode of the horror Riders podcast feel free to leave comments all that good stuff um tell me you love the strain so i feel like i'm not the only person out there so i can hope that it stays on television um and uh, we will be back next week with a brand new episode so thanks jay yep later man bye thanks for listening to the horror writers podcast if you have any thoughts or questions about today's show please feel free to leave us a comment subscribe on itunes and on youtube if you like us please leave us a review on itunes the Horror Riders Podcast can be found on the web at thehorrorwriterspodcast.com. All graphics provided by Johnny Diggs at diggscreative.com. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode.